I have greater understanding of the things of God. From glory to glory, my status is changing. From glory to glory, my outlook is changing. From glory to glory, my finance is changing. From glory to glory, my economy is changing. From glory to glory, I can see everything turning around. From glory to glory, the spirit of the Lord is changing me. From glory to glory, this is my season of change. From glory to glory, this is my moment of change. From glory to glory, this is my season of advancement. From glory to glory, this is my season of repositioning. From glory to glory, so shall it be in Jesus' name. Just whisper a word to the Lord concerning that declaration, God is changing you. Just whisper something to God. Say, Lord, this month you are changing me. My situation is changing. My life is changing. My ministry is changing. My sight is enlightened from glory to glory. My outlook is changing. Everything about me is changing. My finance is changing. My economy is changing. The spirit of the Lord is changing me from glory unto glory. It is my season of change. God is about to do something in your life. And it shall be so. Father, we thank you. For indeed, it is our season of change from glory to glory. We bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I can't hear your amen. amen. The change from glory to glory begins with what you see. I put that in quote. It begins with what you see. And that talks about the power of sight. And that happens when the veil is removed. So, my theme or topic for the day is the power of sight. Somebody said the power of sight. The power of sight. So, that glory, the change from glory to glory begins with what you see in code. What you see. What you see. Seeing is about light. It is about light. The light beams to your eye. And uh, all my biology students around, where are you? They will tell you about the, the eye, the poopy, right? And the light comes in, goes back to the, the retina, they call it, all right? And it transforms to the brain, right? Everything about vision. It's all about the activity of the mind, mental. In fact, it is said that it is 90% of mental. Your sight is about 90% of mental and 10% of physical. Invariably, when you talk about seeing, it's not just your look, what your eyes does. The physical one you see is to gather data and transmit to another medium. From there, images are then, you know, reconfigured. There, things happen. When you now say, I'm looking at Ufo, it's because the image of Ufo, received by, by my eyes, huh, has been transmitted to my brain. And my brain is now telling me the figure you are seeing is about who? Who for? No other person. Glory be to God. That is what science has done. Amen. Amen. So, seeing requires a lot of effort and dedication to 
there are three things I want to mention very quickly there. So sight, when you talk of sight, the things you see, there are three things you must bear in mind. It's about the level of the depth of what you put in. And that requires some dedication on your part. What am I seeing? What am I looking at? What image am I getting? It is about perspective. Perspective. I have an image of you, of Victor. I have a perspective about him. You know what? In Romans chapter 1, Paul said the people had a perspective of God which was wrong. They saw God like an idol that has to be worshipped. And that was wrong perspective. And I pray for someone here this morning that you will get the right perspective of God into your life in Jesus' name. You will see God as God and not as an idol in the name of Jesus Christ. Sight is based on focus, about focus. The things that matter to you, you pay attention to, is that correct? So you focus on it. You gaze at it. You look at it steadfastly. Focus. And when you do that, it registers a message in your mind. No wonder that when Peter and John, they were at the beautiful gate, and this man who was born lame has been there for years begging for, 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 for arms. Peter said to him, look on us. Hello? He said, look on us. Of course, the man decided to do what? To look, they said to him, silver and gold we do not have. But you look on us. Of course, the man looked, perhaps some money will come, some nara will drop, some sterling will drop, some pounds or, or dollars will drop. He also obeyed. He looked at them steadfastly, focused. And when he looked, he was told, Rise up in the name of Jesus. And that answered for him. The point I'm making is, when we talk about sight, you must remain focused. Focused. Pay attention to details in your life. Pay attention. Do not be distracted. Do not be moved here and there. Do not allow anything to take away your interest. And this time we are talking about looking unto Jesus, looking unto God, looking unto the glory of the Lord. And in doing so, we must do so with all of our attention. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So very quickly, I go to three areas or four. Number one is talking about the veil. The veil of ignorance that must be removed. When we talk about veil in the scripture, it talks about the mind that is blinded. So, the eye and the mind, there's a connection. I've said that when you look, whatever picture or image that your eyes is collecting is transmitted to the mind, to the mind your mental area. That's where the processing takes place. And when they say veil, the scripture is saying the mind of the people is what? Blinded. They cannot see. Ignorance. Veil talks about hardened heart. When people listen and they can, in fact, they have turned up their ears, their mind to the message. Their heart is made up. This is what we want to do, irrespective of what the man is saying. Their mind is made up. And we say their heart is what? It's hardened. 
I pray there's nobody in that situation here with a hardened heart that nothing moves you. Nothing apparently moves you. The heart is hardened. Another place, the Bible talks of dull of hearing, that the people are dull of hearing. It means there's a veil covering them. A veil of ignorance. They cannot notice anything. They cannot see any change around them. They, their spiritual mind is blinded. They are not sensitive to the happenings. They cannot see. The mind is darkened. Ephesians 4, verse 18, will give us an insight to that. I'm not going to read. Romans 1, 18 to 21, will also talk about the same thing. But God is saying the time of ignorance he has overlooked. But he has commanded now that everyone should do what? Should repent. And come out of ignorance. Come out of ignorance. The things that cover your face, come out of it. For some people, even though they call themselves Christian, they still engage in some unwholesome activity because of ignorance. There's a veil that is covering their face. And begin to wonder why a Christian, so-called, we visit a herbalist in the dead of the night because there's a problem. And he thinks it is the herbalist that will solve his problem. Not just a Christian, there are reports that even pastors, they go to the herbalist so that the church can be filled. Ignorance. There's a veil covering the eyes of men. And they need to come out of it. They need to come out of it. And I pray that every veil covering our faces shall be removed in Jesus' name. We will no longer walk in ignorance in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul writes, he said, concerning the children of Israel, when they were reading the book of Moses, the Torah, according to theologians, he said, they read with what? A veil covering their faces. And that was because by the time Moses was coming back from the mountain, his face shone and the people could not look straight at his face. They said, Moses, cover your face. And when Moses turned to God, he removes the veil. He talks with God face to face. That experience brought a change even to his outlook. His face shone. And the people could not look straight. They said, Moses, cover your face. Apparently, they were shutting themselves away from the beauty and the glory of God. And that remained even up to today. They read the Torah, but they cannot see God, unfortunately. They cannot see God. They read the Old Testament, they cannot see Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, search the scriptures. You, you search the scriptures. For you think in them you have life. He said, they are the one that points me to you. Yeah, the scripture is just, you know, Showing you who the Savior is. Somebody shout hallelujah. So they read, they read, they cannot see because they are blinded. There's a veil that is covering their face. They cannot see. Go to Israel. Even today you see them, like the Omolekeu, you know, they will be reading, reading. What is this? And upon all the reading, they have not seen the Messiah. May God deliver us from ignorance. I say, may God deliver us from ignorance in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, for Christians who are walking in ignorance, it is time for you to turn to God. When you turn to God, that veil will be removed from you in the mighty name of Jesus, and you will see very clearly. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I said, beholding is to rise from your, I mean, it is to raise your consciousness 
when we talk about beholding, English people say it's a pre, uh, present continuous statement. Am I correct? Hello? It is present continuous. All right. It was to raise your consciousness, to wake you up to an understanding, for you to see and see very clearly. And what do you see? That's the question. What do you see? I put it down here. It is not what you look at that matters. But what you see. Are you with me? It is not what you look at that matters. It is what you see. This chorus that my sister gave was also taken in the morning. Well, Eva was uh, running off. At the center of it all, what does he say? It's you that I see. Amen. At the center of it all, in the midst of the challenges, the troubles, what do you see? He said, it's you, Jesus, that I see. I refuse to see the problems. I refuse to see the challenges. What are the things you are looking at? What you see is what matters, not the things you look at. Behind what do you see? What picture are you getting? What is it that is coming to your mind? Habakkuk chapter 3 says, oh, there may not be food in the, on the table. Everything is uh, empty and all of that. They say, yet I will do what? I will rejoice in the Lord God of my salvation. Every other thing may look negative, but I see beyond those things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your present circumstance cannot determine who you are. Is somebody listening to me? The things that are happening now should not determine your tomorrow and will not even determine your tomorrow. What you see now will fade away. It will disappear in the name of Jesus Christ. But what will remain is what you know about God. Amen. The Bible says the things that are seen are temporal. But those things that are not seen, they are what? Eternal value. And those are the things you begin to gaze at. Amen. So it's not about what you look at, but what do you see? When people are seeing problems, you must see solutions. Are you listening to me? You must see solutions. That God is making a way for you. In the name of Jesus. When all around you is dry bones. You know, that is, what, that is the experience of Ezekiel. He saw he was taken to the valley of what? Dry bones. And all he could see was what? Dry bones. And God was saying to him, can this bone live? The man was, he was dumbfounded and said, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But you, the Lord, you know. For God, God was seeing a mighty army from a dry bone. Hallelujah. What do you see? All you are seeing is dry bone, dry bone. But God is saying, there's a mighty army coming out of this dry bone. And your situation will turn around for good. In the mighty name of Jesus. When men are saying, there's a casting down. But you, you are declaring. There's a lifting up for me. There's a lifting up for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because you are seeing beyond what they are looking at. Hallelujah. You are seeing beyond the physical. You are seeing into the spiritual. You are, you are not operating at the same level with them. You are lifted high. Far above powers, principalities. And you can see the glory of God. And your situations are turning around. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So what do you see? Help me ask your neighbor. What do you see? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus uh, met, uh, okay, it was Nicodemus that met him. And said, ah, man of God. No one can do these things except the Spirit of God is with him. Jesus said to him, 
Except a man be born again, he cannot see. Ah, man reposhing that kind. He cannot see. What is the see there? It's not the physical eye. It goes beyond that. He cannot see. He cannot comprehend the matters of the kingdom. Except you are born again, you cannot understand. You cannot have an insight to the things of the kingdom. So you must see correctly. Amen. I said you must see correctly. Maybe some people need surgery today. God will clear your eyes and remove every opaque object. Be it cataract, whatever name they are called. They must be removed in Jesus' name. You know that blind man, Jesus touched him. And he asked him, man, what do you see? The man said, I saw men as trees. Ah, trouble. If this man is seeing men as trees, then if he carries his cutlass and begins to cut, you blame him? No, it's because he's seeing men as what? And Jesus said, no, this is an abnormal situation. Come. And he touched him. I asked him again, what do you see? I said, I see men clearly. Glory be to God. You will see clearly today. I can't hear your amen. So you will see clearly today in the name of Jesus Christ. Even if it is in the physical, God can do the operation. I say he will do the operation. No? Praise the Lord. Ah, Blindness is not good. Even in the physical. Are you listening to me? Hello, somebody. Let me give you one instance. At least I've seen science work in my life. There was a time I could not see with the two eyes. I mean, see, could not. And they said, I should come for a surgery. Say, God. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> you know, when you are in that situation, your mind will just be. So I was wheeled to the theater. Under 10 minutes, I came out. And uh, they removed the whatever. And I saw. I said, wow. What I've been missing. If science and uh, doctors can do that, can God not do something greater than that? I can't hear your amen. God will touch your eyes. Both in the physical and in the spiritual. And you will see very clearly. I said, you will see very clearly in the name of Jesus Christ. That is what God can do. If human beings can do that, God can do greater things. Praise the name of the Lord. So what do you see? Let me ask your neighbor again, what do you see? Hallelujah. Where you stand also determines what you can see. Where you stand determines what you can see. Where you stand and on what you are standing will determine what you see. It took Satan to take Jesus Christ to the extreme mountain. I said, Jesus, come. He took him to the mountain. Engineer Loco and sister, I don't know whether you, you climb one of those mountains. They were there. And Jesus showed him. said, if only you could bow to me. You know, when you get to the mountain, you see virtually everything down. Jerusalem is a city of mountains. When the Bible says, uh, surround Jerusalem like, like, man, I mean, man, like mountains, which is true. If you go to Jerusalem, you have mountains there. And one of these mountains, Jesus was taken there by the devil. He said, look, I will give you all. If only you can do what? Power and worship. Where you stand determines what you can see. The elders say, what a man, a, an old man, will see eh? when he's seated. Uh, it will require, how do, how do they put it? Okay, you know it, you know it. Praise the Lord. 
When Moses was asking God, show me your glory, God said to him, come to this side. I will position you on a rock because that will give you a better elevation of what you can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So where you are standing will determine what you can see. We are standing on the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. And as you stand on him, he will show you a greater and a better perspective of your God in the name of Jesus Christ. So what you stand on determines what you can see. Psalm 24, verse 3. Talks about the heel of the Lord. When you get to the heel of God, you will see God. You will see him better in the mighty name of Jesus. So, I urge you today that you stand on the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is what? Is said to, brethren, no matter the situation you are going through, Stand on the truth of the word of God. As you confess, as you declare it, the word of God will remain sure for you in Jesus' name. The word of God will give you a better insight of God in that situation you are going through. And you will not need to give up. You won't lose hope. Because the word of God is forever settled. Whose report do you believe? I should ask you, whose report do you believe? Is it the report of doctors? Doctors have failed over and over because they are limited in knowledge. But the Bible says, forever, oh God, your word is what? Is set to. And God said, whatsoever he has said, he will bring to pass. He says, I'm not a man that will lie or the son of man that will change. Have I said 18? Will I not bring it to pass? God is able to bring things past, to pass in your life. And surely he will do that for you in Jesus' name. He says, every word of mine that is spoken will not return to me void until what? It accomplishes the purpose that it is sent. The word of God has gone into your life. It is your covenant of peace. And that remains sure. Is somebody listening to me? That is the word of God. He said, this word will not return to me void until it does what? It accomplishes the purpose for which it is meant. What is the purpose? That you will live in peace. That you will enjoy peace. He says, mountains can be removed. Hills can disappear. But my kindness to you will not be removed. And my covenant of peace over you will not be taken away. You will enjoy peace. I, I say you will enjoy peace. Amen. Yes, this is November. Ten months gone. And there is nothing to write home about. You look at your life. You play back. Say, January, I started. And I was crying, asking God for A, B, C, D. Now, ten months gone. And you are looking at the, the scorecard of your life. Say, nothing. Friend. God is a God of 11th hour. And he will arise on your behalf. I said, God will arise on your behalf. Believe him and believe his word. Trust in him. That's what we are told this morning. You will enjoy peace when you put your trust in the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. On what do you stand? I urge you. That you remain rooted in Christ, established in him. Constantly look at the word of God. And your life will not remain the same in Jesus' name. What you see will transform you, surely. Amen. We are talking about the power of sight. That the things you see, the things you look at, do not really determine what you see. It is the things that you see that really matter. Okay? Number two, I've said that what? That where you stand and on what you stand will determine exactly what you are going to see. Amen. And when you look correctly, you'll be transformed. 
Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Say, we all with unveiled face, beholding his glory as in a glass. Thank you. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, what? The glory of the Lord. And I'll be what? We are being transformed into the same image. Transformation will take place. When you look correctly, when you see the right thing, transformation will take place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. When Isaiah saw his story change, is somebody with me? In Isaiah chapter 6, in verse 1, the Bible said, Isaiah, he said, and the year that Uzziah died, I did what? I saw the Lord seated, highly seated. And it didn't end there. He said, oh, I now realize that I'm what? I'm a man undone. I'm, we say, woe unto me, for I'm done, undone. I sit among, you know, wicked people. He could see a thing happening. And the revelation and the insight of God that he got transformed him. I pray for someone here today. As you hear of God, the insight of God that comes to your life will transform your life in Jesus' name. I say it will transform your life in Jesus' name. In John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, you remember that story. And he said, as many as we look unto him, we'll be saved. If you look unto Jesus, you will be saved. Even though serpent is biting. For the children of Israel, the serpent was biting. And God said to Moses, make an image of the serpent. Hang it on the tree. As many as are beaten by the serpent, and they look to the tree, to the serpent on the tree. The poison of the snake, the venom of the snake, will have no effect on them. And that happened. Friends, I don't know your situation. You are living in sin. Sin has venom. Hello? Sin does what? Has venom that can kill, that can destroy you. The Bible says the sin, the soul that sin shall do what? Shall die because there's venom in sin that kills people. It says the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. So when you look at Jesus Christ on the tree, the power of sin in your life is destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, come to Jesus. Have a look at him. And your life will be transformed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. When you look. There will be. A discovery. When you look correctly. There will be a discovery. John. Announced in John chapter 1, 29. He said, behold the Lamb of God. That was his announcement. That takes away the sins of the world. He said, behold. And some people heard him. Some of his disciples heard him. And what they had made a discovery in their life. One of the two that heard him was Andrew. The Bible said, Andrew went to his brother and said to him, Bro, we have seen the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you come in contact with Jesus, it gives you an insight of who he is. You can see the Messiah, the Savior of the world. I don't know who told uh, Andrew about that. Of course, they have been reading the Torah. 
just search the scriptures. You think in them you have salvation. You say, they are the ones that point you, point me. I mean, they direct you to me. As you read the scriptures, God begins to reveal himself to you. John said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Andrew said, oh, we have seen the Messiah. I pray for someone here today that may you see the Messiah. The one that will redeem your life, may you see him in the name of Jesus. May every veil of spiritual blindness over your face be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. John said, behold. I said, beholding means arousing your consciousness that you must see, you must recognize what is happening around you. He said, behold the lamp of God that takes away the sin of the world. And until you see Jesus, you are nowhere. You are nowhere. You are dead. The venom of sin will destroy you, will kill you. Then may you see Jesus today. I say, may you see Jesus today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. He said, we have seen the Messiah. And he brought the brother to him. So when you see there's a transformation that takes place, in, takes place in your life. And there's an action, a corresponding action that you must take. Andrew went to Peter and brought him to the Messiah. Because why? He has seen the Messiah. He said, I have seen. We have seen the Messiah. Come and see him. Friends, brothers, how many people have you brought to the Messiah? Now that you have seen him, you have known him as your Lord and Savior. For I don't know how many years you have experienced Christ. But help me ask somebody sitting by you. How many have you brought to the Messiah? Ask him or how. How many have you brought the Messiah? We have an assignment. Our revelation should not die with us. The sight of God that we have must not die with us. We must take on the responsibility of bringing others, the Peters in our family, the Peters in your place of work, the Peters in your street, bring them to Jesus. Tell them, I have seen the Messiah. May God help you. I say, may God help you. If you and I can do this, this place will be filled. If I give us this assignment, in the next one month, this place will not contain us. If you will look for a Peter in your house, a Peter in your community, a Peter around you in your street, and say, ah, I have seen the message. That is your testimony. Hello. There's no better testimony than that. That I've seen the Messiah. No better testimony. This is what he has done for me. He forgave my sins. That chorus says, come and let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Patient of this, right? Come and let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. He forgave my sin. Made me whole. Some people are helping me over that. Go. Come and let me tell you what the Lord has done for There is no better testimony than that. You don't need to go to a, a theological school to say that. Hello? You don't need any argument. Huh? No argument. No debate. If he wants to turn into argument, say no argument. I'm only telling you what he has done for me. He forgave my sin. Come and taste and recognize that this Jesus is good. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know how many will commit to this assignment. As you go into the month of October, beginning from today, you will look for a Peter around you. Say, Peter, 
brother Peter. Eh? How do the lady call it, Peter? Peter? Huh? You know, they have coins for, if you call Michael, they call Michelle, right? If you call Victor, they call, uh, so how do you call Peter? That is a lady. Whatever name you call it. Look for a Peter around you. I say, Peter, brother Peter. Sister Agnes. Sister Joy. Come. Let me tell you what God has done for me. That is the testimony. You don't need to kick anything. The gospel message is as simple as that. It is based on your experience because you have behold his glory. John chapter 1 verse 14. He said what? John 1 14. I thought we read it today. Those who came for Sunday school. Adult, adult class. Ah, help me with Sunday school spirit. John 1 14. The world became flesh and dwelt among us. It says, and we beheld what? His glory. The glory as of the begotten Son of the Father. Full of what? Grace and truth. We beheld His glory. We beheld His glory. And that's what Peter is saying in 2 Corinthians 3 18. The veil has been removed. Praise the Lord. Say, now beholding as in a mirror His glory. We are transformed. Into his image. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many will come into that assignment? In this month, by the grace of God, you will tell somebody about the Messiah. Can I see your hand? This month, this month, I'm not saying this week, just this month, you will commit to tell somebody about Jesus Christ because you have experienced him, because you have seen his glory. Because you, your life has been transformed. You have a testimony. And you will go and look for a Peter around you. Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? It's a commitment. We're going to pray about that. And God is going to help you to fulfill that in the name of Jesus. We need to do that. That is the assignment God has given to us. To tell others about Christ. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I said, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. How do you behold? As I begin to round up. How do you behold? The same, 2 Corinthians 3.18, if you look at the amplified version, it tells us somebody there. Can you, something there? Amplified version. And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are what progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit I think another translation says as we look steadfastly beholding as it were the word of God you see you see God from his word. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, you search the scriptures. They point you to me. When you search the scriptures, you will find God. When you do so, how? Intently. I think that's what James says. James chapter 1 verse 25. NIV. Say, when you search intently, you will find God. You will find God. Friend, I urge you today to look into the scriptures. You will find God. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. Eh? Sharper than any two-edged word. This word of God will point you to the Messiah. And you will live a life that is transformed in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to rise up. I'm going to pray. Let's rise up. Rise up like, like warriors, soldiers of Christ. We are talking about the power of sight. What do you see? No wonder Paul, he made a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. 
verse 18. Ephesians 1, verse 18. We are going to use that to pray. Ephesians 1, verse 18. It says, I pray that what? That the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding may be what? Enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Hallelujah. That your eyes of understanding be enlightened. Shall we pray? I want you to talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, enlighten my eyes. Open my eyes of understanding. Prayer in the name of Jesus. Ask God, open my eyes. The eyes of my heart may be enlightened that I may know, that I may know, that I may see very clearly. Ask God tonight, Lord, or this morning, Lord, open my eyes. Cause me to see in the name of Jesus. Is somebody praying? You are asking that God will open your eyes of understanding. Every darkness that God will remove. Every darkness, every dullness, God will remove. Every hardness of heart, God will remove. Pray this morning that God will create, oh, he, he, he will perform an operation in your heart. Your eyes of understanding be enlightened in the name of Jesus. Talk to the Lord. Ask him to help you. That I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to see more of you. God, I want to know more about you. Open my eyes of understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. If you are here, you have not given your life to Christ, you need the same prayer. That your eyes of understanding be enlightened. It's because there's a blockage. There's a dullness in your hearing. And God will open your ears today. In the name of Jesus, God will cause you to see. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will make you to see. And see very clearly, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. He cannot. That is why the things of the kingdom does not appear to you. You do not understand. They ask you to, to know God. You say, I don't know. What are they talking about? It's because the Bible, like the Bible says, your mind has been given away to lost. You cannot understand. You cannot comprehend. The things of God do not appeal to you. I want you to pray this morning. Say, Lord, open my eyes. I want to see you. Open my eyes. I want to see you. Open my eyes. I want to see you. That is all that matters, friends. That is all that matters. Not the things of this world. The Bible says the things of this world will pass away. <laughs> they will pass away. All the glory of this world, they will pass away. The houses you see, they will pass away. The vehicles you see, they will be burnt into ashes. It is what you do for God that will last. Do you know God? Have you seen him? Have you had an encounter with him? We all, with unveiled, unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror his glory. And we are transformed from one level to another. From one image to another. Friends, are you praying? Ask God this morning, Lord, transform me. Lord, change me. Change my status. Change my story. I don't, I don't just want to be coming to church without knowing God. Without an encounter with him. They ask you come to church, so you come. Ha, what else? No knowledge of God. You need to know God. You need to know him. You need to know him. You can only know him when your eyes is open. When the veil of ignorance is removed. Pray this morning. Every ignorance in my life, God remove them. In the mighty name of Jesus. This service is for you. This service is for you. You are here. You cannot say you have had an encounter with God. Yes, you, you come to church. But you don't know God. 
You don't know God. You have no encounter with him. It does not matter how many times you have been coming here. But a day, and today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Say tomorrow may be late. Today is the day of salvation. And your story can change. God can rewrite your story, even right from now. Is anyone in the house? Say, I want to know this God. I want to be changed into his image. I want to be transformed into his me image. I want my life. <laughs> I want my life to be changed. The way I'm going is the way of death. There is poison, venom in your body. That is sin. And it will lead you to death. Reposhina. It will lead you to death. The soul that sin, the Bible says, it will die. So sin carries venom. And that venom is in your body. You are dying gradually. You are dying gradually. Until you look unto Jesus, the one that was crucified for you. Until you look unto Jesus, the one who died for you. Until you look unto Jesus, the one who carried your pain. The Bible says he was made sin for us. He who knew no sin. That is what Jesus did for you. Are you in the house? Let me see your hand. You want to give your life to Christ? Let me see your hand. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a decision you make so that your life can become better. Very quickly. Let me see your hand very quickly. You want to make a decision for Christ? You want to give your life to Christ? Because you have been living in sin. What you are doing will kill you. Except you repent. Except you repent. Except you turn away. What you are doing, what you are engaged in right now, will kill you. And the Bible says God is, you know, is compassionate. He said the time of ignorance before you enter is a time of ignorance. Now that you enter this place, you have heard the word of God. He said the time of ignorance God has overlooked and is commanded, calling everyone, calling you into repentance. Friends, you must repent. You must repent. Otherwise, you will die in your sin. If you leave this place without repenting, you will die. Can I see your hand very quickly? We are going to pray. Very quickly, you want to commit your life to Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are saying, Jesus, deliver me from this body of sin. That was the cry of Paul. 